ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're continuing today's marathon. We're excited now to bring to you Dr. Daniel Daves. And he is coming to you direct from Panama, Global Food Providers. Uh, Brother Daniel, would you like to open us up in prayer? Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Lord, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our soon-and-coming King, for this opportunity to meet together, to speak to one another, and to hear your word today. We ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our understanding so we can see and hear what you are saying, and what you're doing in this day. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brother Daniel, the mic is yours, and welcome back. Well, thank you so much. And again, I am reminded as I uh, pulled up my Skype today, um, and I saw um, your your little contact, over 10,000 episodes. It is quite an honor to be with you and to uh, to just uh, be friends with someone who is has a resolve to get the word out around the world. And when you have 10,000 episodes under your belt, you clearly have had a resolve. And, uh, and I'm so thankful, just so thankful for all that you're doing. And I pray for Omega Man all the time and uh we thank the lord for you i'd like to just take a moment and um talk about um a a couple things that happened to me back in 19 i'm sorry back in 2008 and 2009 uh we had a, I, I was I was in Dallas, Texas, living there before we had moved out uh, to do the missions program in Panama, and we had um, uh, 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 been doing a series of meetings throughout uh, the U.S., and I had two powerful dreams from God. Two very, very powerful dreams. And um, so I was able to get a glimpse into these. Uh, uh, hang on just a second. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm back. Um, so I was able to get a glimpse into the plans of the enemy through these two dreams that God had given me. I'm not sure if you remember or had heard of the dreams, sir, but uh, I know many have. The first dream that I had was the um, the only dream that we know, a prophetic announcement dream that was backed up by a major Hollywood motion picture. In other words, five years after I had the dream, Hollywood put the exact dream that I stood in and watched they put it on the big screen. I didn't know these guys. They didn't know me. And it was an amazing thing. I'm just going to explain, if you don't mind, the first two dreams that I had 
um, that really changed and impacted my life. And I believe that I'm going to be able to be a blessing to you and everyone listening today because I'm going to explain dream number two. Now, dream number one, um, the first dream that I had in 2008, uh, we were standing literally out in Dallas, Texas, in the area around uh, where President Kennedy had been shot. There were big skyscrapers in the area. Uh, there was a million people sitting out on the grassy knolls and uh, all over the grass, just sitting on blankets, and everyone was enjoying life. The kids were playing, um, and, and it looked like a picnic was going on. All of a sudden, everyone looked up, and there were big screens on these um, on the buildings. And uh, all of a sudden, the big screens lit up, and the president— of the United States, who was a future president because I didn't recognize him back in 2008, but a, and it was an individual with great authority, and I'm just assuming it was the president. He came up on the, the screen and he said this. He made an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. America as you've known it has ceased to exist. All property lines have been dissolved, and the U.S. dollar is worthless. When he made those statements, people jumped up, grabbed their blankets, and they started running for their cars, running for their lives. And I had this extreme sense that they were running west, heading west. Um, and um, now all of this is going to be interpreted and still probably has more interpretation to come. But I'll take you to that uh, suddenly after that happened, I was in scene number two of this dream. I was standing in a, uh, a gas station area like a convenience store. I know exactly where it was in the Dallas, Texas area. And there was an Indian gentleman who clearly was the owner or manager of the place. He was standing there beside me. Cars were ripping in there, and they were buying gas and getting out. I saw a family pull in in a big station wagon full of kids. The family was in there, and they had a trailer behind them, and the trailer was packed full of stuff. It looked like they had just thrown everything out of, uh, from their garage into the trailer. They, they tied a bunch of stuff on the car. They were heading west. And they were coming in for gas. The guy jumped out of the car. He came to the Indian man and he said, I need a tank of gas. And he opened his billfold and started to pull money out. The Indian person said, we don't take U.S. dollars here. And he said, well, what do you take? And the guy said, what do you have? And he walked back. They began walking back and he was looking in the trailer I noticed at that time on the side of this gas station was a big barbed wired fence and it was full of lawn equipment, tractors, mowers, weed eaters, tools. And I thought, this guy is trading fuel for hard assets and tools. The, the one guy is going to burn his fuel out today, but the other guy is going to have the tools for later and probably start a, uh, a, a, a rental business or something out of it. And I just noticed that, that this guy wasn't taking dollars anymore. He was taking hard assets for consumables. We, I suddenly went to dream uh, the third part of the dream. 
I was standing in a what I will call the situation room. It was like a bunker. It was a presidential bunker. President Bush was the president at the time. He was in the middle of the room and he had his hands up in the air and he had advisors with clipboards all around him. They were all yelling at him like, hey, boss, we need a decision here. You need to sign this. You need to tell me what to do. And he just had his hands up in the air like, just leave me alone. I'm tired. I don't want to hear any more. And so uh, as I'm watching this, I realize I'm standing beside a secret service man, a secret service guy dressed in his suit and sunglasses. And he said to me, the president has fought a long, hard battle. And I said, yeah, yeah, it looks like it. And he's very tired. Yes, I can see that. He said, do you, uh, he's been fight. He said, he's been fighting a very powerful enemy. And I said, okay. He said, do you know who this enemy is. Now, this is back in 2008. I didn't know a whole lot, but this statement and this dream was going to set me on a course. It was going to open my eyes and and begin to show me and peel back the layers of truth that I needed to know. Uh, So he says to me, do you know who this enemy is? And I said, "Um, socialism? He looked at me, and his eyes lit up through the sunglasses like blazing fire, and I realized this guy was an angel. It wasn't just a secret serviceman. He was an angel, and his eyes lit up. There was power in his eyes, and he was like empowering me, and so I said, I said, uh, socialism, and he said to me, communism. And the dream ended. I woke up and sat straight up in my bed. So that was the dream number one. And America, as as you've known, it ceased to exist. Uh, What I was seeing, I was learning the plans of the devil, of the enemy, and his minions, uh, their secret plans. From that point on, everything that it seemed that our government and governments were doing businesses. It, it didn't make sense. If you remember back in those days, uh, they would they would be doing something so crazy, and it was like that doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? That doesn't help our country. But once you realize that the enemy's plan was that America, as you've known it, has ceased to exist to dismantle the United States as we have known her, including her constitution. Um, And all property lines have been dissolved. That was the other statement. And the U.S. dollar is worthless. Well, the dollar is worthless. It's fiat currency. And if you know anything about fiat, it's not worth the paper that it's not printed on. (laughs) We'll put it that way. But just for a moment, all property lines have been dissolved. I know that I had a property line before I moved to Panama in my home in Dallas, Texas. I had a property line and I would mow up to that line, my grass, because that was my property and I'm responsible for it. And my neighbor would mow his property. We had a clearly defined line uh, where our properties were. But in this statement of all property lines have been dissolved, 
that is a communist mentality because once the property lines are dissolved, you don't own everything. Someone else owns everything. And so um, with the, the property lines being dissolved, that statement being made, I thought at the time, I got you, Satan. I know exactly what your plans are. And since then, we have seen every, and just as the statement made, all property lines have been dissolved. And if you haven't seen it dissolved yet, it will be dissolved in the future, according to the plans, anyway, of the devil and treasonous traitors and minions who are working for evil and darkness to bring communism into a global world stage. So let me think about property lines for just a second. Have you seen the family property line dissolved? What is family? The lines have been dissolved. What is private banking? Those lives, those lines have been dissolved. Uh, are those your children now, or do they belong to the school when they enter the school classroom? Those lines have been dissolved. Everything is being rearranged. Everything is now uh, up for grabs, and all power players, they're playing for their part of the pie, their piece of the pie, uh, as this thing continues to be dissolved. Now, if I don't know where my property line ends, and my neighbor doesn't know where his begins, where do I mow? How far do I take care of this property? What happens? What happens is chaos comes into play. And I'm going to talk, I'm, we're going to deal with chaos in a moment, and I'm going to show you how to eradicate chaos out of your life and out of your future. I'm going to show you how to do it with, with kingdom plans and principles. But before I do that, let me get to the second dream. By the time in 2009 I had this second dream, um, President Obama had been elected. He was now the president. I, I go to sleep one night, and all of a sudden I open up. I am an open water diver, a licensed diver, so I've been on a lot of dives. I know what it is to be underwater. Um, and I also know that I am not licensed to, to go inside of a cave. That requires a specific, special license and special training. Why? Because if I get in trouble underwater, I can go up to the surface to get air. But if I'm in a cave and I get in trouble, I cannot go up. I have to first go out before I go up. And so that just requires a whole new realm of training because every breath counts when you're 30, 40, 60 feet underwater. Okay, so now I come into dream number two in 2009, uh, and it opens up. I'm in a diving outfit, and I am deep underwater. And I am swimming beside Team Obama. President Obama is in a diving suit. Everyone's wearing face masks, and so they can speak and hear each other talking, all right? And uh, so I'm listening to the conversation, and 
Team Obama, he's got a, a group of advisors around him, and they all have clipboards where they can draw with grease pens underwater. And they're all they're they're swimming into this cave deep underwater. And I'm swimming with them, and I'm really feeling on edge because I'm going into a place I don't think I should be. And so I'm I, I'm really on edge. And he's talking and they're talking. And I I realize they're they're looking at a group of dark black holes inside this cave. And they're, they're, they're clearly, they're large enough to swim into. Um, some of them are big enough for three or four people shoulder wide to go into. And some of these are dark uh, sediment filled holes. And some of them are clearly dark, just, just uh, no sediment at all, but there's no light at the end of those tunnels. And they were making a decision which dark tunnel to go into. And I'm really thinking, you're kidding me, guys. You are not going in to those tunnels, are you? And sure enough, President Obama made a decision, and he decided to go into one of the very clear, large, dark holes. And I realized that this, somehow I understood this would be the first time that a president would lead a nation into a hole, a deep, dark hole of this type. I also realized later that being deep underwater, in my opinion, is indicative of the deep state. Deep underwater. And they were making a deep, dark decision to go into a place that no president had ever decided and never led into before. When he made the decision and they began to swim towards that deep, dark hole, I heard a very distinct voice of God audibly that spoke with great authority to me. And it said this, the Lord said, get away from him, get away from him now. I was hanging, suspended in midwater while they were swimming, and I was, I was thinking, oh, no, I'm in a cave. These guys are going the wrong way. I need to get out of here. And, and as I was thinking that, a huge earthquake hit, and boulders began to fall and tumble, and Team Obama turned around and realized that the boulders had fallen and sealed that cave shut. And I was suspended there with them with shock and horror, thinking, I'm going to die in this cave. We're going to run out of air, and we're going to die in this cave. And I knew and understood that Team Obama, was the only way they could get out, was to go deep into that dark hole and hope for the best, hope that there was a way out on the other side. And that was the end of the dream. I woke up gasping for air, sweating, <laughs> and jumped up and had to write this dream down. And uh, so these were the two earth-shaking dreams I had in 08 and 09. I wrote a book about it, um, and you can get the book on Amazon if you ever uh, want to check it out. 
um, and, and it just uh, details the dreams. And I also had an artist give the rendition of dream number one, uh, of the three different portions of the dream. Um, but uh, uh, that book is called um, America. It's called Warning America Attempted Hostile Takeover Exposed. Now, here we are, 20, or I'm sorry, um, 09, 08, 09. We are now 14 years later down the road. Communism is clear. Lines, property lines being dissolved, it's clear. The U.S. dollar is worthless, that's clear. America, as you've known it, has ceased to exist, that's clear. And now we enter into dream two, where we can understand there is a, uh, a uh, president, and I, I personally believe that Obama's still running the show right now, um, and that uh, Joe is just the mouthpiece with an earpiece. Um, but I believe, and, and, and even if he's not, he made a decision that is causing the Lord to bring the house down on their efforts. The Lord himself. You know, uh, when you get an insurance policy, it says uh, acts of God. That we, we don't cover acts of God, and that would include a lot of times earthquakes and war and things like that. They attribute those as acts of God. Well, this earthquake was clearly an act of God. Now, my prayer is that, that this act of God does not seal off the United States of America as a whole. And I, and that's my prayer because we, the people are not being served at this time. The will of the people is not being served. The will would not go into that deep, dark hole, but a deep state operative type of situation would, could possibly drag this nation into a deep hole like that. So I, my prayer is that the United States of America would not be uh, destroyed, but that the deep state operatives who are making these decisions, that they would, would uh, suffer an act of God that will cut them off, cut off their capacity, and cut off their air supply so they understand it's over. It's just a matter of time before they run out of oxygen and they're going to die. And uh, I'm not speaking naturally here. I'm talking about the, the spiritual ramifications of this, this whole deep state situation. So those are the two dreams I had. And um, uh, number one has basically been fulfilled. It's already a done deal. Dream number two, we have not yet seen it, but I want to encourage you that as dream number one was absolutely true and backed up with the Hollywood motion picture, which is called Atlas Shrugged 2. If you look that up on YouTube, you can see the trailer. And when you see the people standing and looking up at the big screens on the big city buildings, and the president is speaking forth his mandates on those big streams, that is exactly what I saw in my dream. And uh, you can verify that. Atlas Shrugged 2, the movie trailer on YouTube. And so, um, so now dream number two is coming into play, 
And I believe the decision has already been made that has called for God to say, get away from him now. Get away from him now. And here comes the earthquake. The earthquake may have already happened or it is to come. But I promise you this, this dream being from the Lord, I believe it's from the Lord, is is showing us that a great cutoff is come to the deep state and their deep, dark plans to take us all into a dark hole no man should ever have to go into. It's too dangerous, it's deadly, and God does not want in that hole. He's going to shut this thing off. Okay, now let me just back up for a second, and I want to address the word chaos. Because no doubt, um, everything that you and I have seen in the world, not in the not in the kingdom of God, but in the world, it's been very chaotic. What what we say up, they say is down. What we say is right, they say is wrong. What is uh, what they say is a terrorist, we say is a conservative patriot. What they say versus what we say. Everything has been flipped on its head. Chaotic, chaos. Let me give you a few words that are associated with the word chaos. Because chaos, my friend, has been released in the earth. It's been released all over the planet. Uh, Governments have been coerced. A lot of people, a lot of people are coerced with money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Follow the money trail and you will see money being handed out quietly, secretly to keep people in line and to keep their agenda going. But uh, understand this, in the midst of money being handed out to some, there is chaos and confusion everywhere. The medical system totally blew their cover over the last few years. They were so wrong on every level. The governments blew their covers over the last few years, being totally wrong on every level. Every decision they made was either insanity or on purpose, bought and paid for, one or the other. But it was all wrong. It was all chaos. Now, friends, I don't like chaos in my life, and I know you don't either. We don't like chaos in our world and our nation, and God is going to come and help us, but I'm going to show you again how to deliver your family and your brain and your heart and your life from chaos. Before I do that, let's find out what chaos is. I found out a few synonym words, and you tell me if these words don't relate, maybe to some area in your life, maybe. Uh, So here's a few synonyms to uh, chaos, which actually means a state of utter confusion. Here's a few synonyms. Havoc, disarray, disorderliness, in shambles, anarchy, clutter, disorganization, to be tangled, the storm. Think about that one. Free for all. And here's the last two synonyms for chaos that I have for you. 
snake pit and hell. Hell is a synonym for the word chaos. Isn't that interesting? Now, I'd like to take you to the template, the principle, the law of God and his word concerning chaos. And we're going to start at the very beginning. Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, between verse 1 and verse 2, there is a time span and a period. Bible scholars will tell you that. Because everything God creates is good. It's pure. It's holy. It's wonderful. Stand by. King James says void. Other translations, including the Spanish translation, says chaos. The earth was filled with chaos, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, between verse 1 and verse 2 was a time span where there was something, some creation, something there that had been totally destroyed. Um, Bible scholars will tell you that was a pre-Noic flood, that there was two floods on the earth. The first one destroyed the whole world, and out of that, God began to create something new. And of course, then Noah's flood uh, was flood number two. But the point I want to make is God created a beautiful heavens and earth, and then something happened where great destruction came. We don't have time for that today, but you will find Stand by for a second. We still have audio, everybody? My brother? Let's do it. Oh, hello. Can you hear me? I sure can. Did we lose each other? Uh, Just for a second. Um, You cut off where you said, and you will find. Um. And, um, okay, can you back up just a little bit on that? I will find. I'm trying to think. You will find. We were, uh, had I read, did, did I read Genesis 1-1 yet? Yes, sir. Yeah, you only okay. Okay. Uh, cut out about so 10 good, seconds ago. Back to you. Okay, good enough. So the bottom line is, and, and this might be where it was, between verse 1 and verse 2, we find that there was a flood there was an act of destruction that took place that took this beautiful heaven and earth and turned it into chaos. And that destruction, while we don't have time to go through that today, scholars will tell you that Satan, uh, uh, the, the archangel, Lucifer, was cast down and was dealt with at that time frame. You'll find a whole lot of things going on in between verse 1 and verse 2. But what we find is in verse 2, the earth was formless and empty, formless and void. It was chaotic. It was full of chaos. The literal Hebrew term for that is it was a toilet bowl. 
And that's about the way I feel sometimes about the, some of the stuff that I see going on on planet Earth right now. It's like, man, this thing's turned into a toilet bowl. It's dirty. It's messy. It's chaotic. We need a house clean in here, right? And uh, that is exactly what had happened in verse 2. The Earth needed a house cleaning. Like I mentioned before in the Spanish Bible, it literally says chaos. That's the earth was full of chaos. And this is what happens when chaos comes, it invokes a move of God. When chaos comes, God begins to do something. And we see here that chaos had come to the earth. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Friend, I want you to know this. No matter how dark it seems to be, how much chaos is going on, how, how much everything is upside down, right is wrong, holy is unholy, everything is backwards and flipped, uh, the worse that gets, the closer we are to a mighty move of God's Holy Spirit. Wherever there's chaos, his spirit begins to hover over the waters. Now, I did an intense study on this years ago, and I'll never forget what I found when I studied about the spirit of God hovering over the waters. It's exactly the same Hebrew understanding as a mama chicken sitting on her eggs. She's brooding. She's sitting on the eggs, protecting them, preparing for new life. And that's what happens everywhere there's chaos. You can be rest assured that you can step into that chaos because God's Holy Spirit is brooding in the midst of that chaos. And God is brooding all over planet Earth right now uh, in the midst of chaos, and he is preparing to bring a brand new thing, a new life, a new awakening. And we see in, uh, uh, as we continue in Genesis 1, verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night, and there was evening and morning the first day. On day one, God brooded right in the middle of this darkness, and then he spoke a word. And he said, let there be light. From that point uh, before that was only darkness. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and then God speaks. And here comes the light, and the light splits the darkness. It it. It, uh, it divides and puts the darkness on one side and light on the other. Now, here's just a little nugget for thought. This was not natural light because God did not create the sun, moon, and stars until day four. This was revelation light. This was the awakening. This was the day where darkness was called out and put in its place. Light always overcomes darkness. Revelation always brings order to chaos. And that's where we are at today. And if I can take you back to dream two, where God in that dream 
brought the house down on the on the chaotic um, deep state who was bringing chaos in in purpose. If you've ever studied communism, Marxism, you understand how to take over a people is you bring chaos and you overwhelm them with chaotic behavior for, and if you do it long enough, they'll finally throw their hands up and give up and just say, fine, just take my constitution, take my country, take the guns, take whatever, just make it go away. That's their goal. But in the midst of that chaos, according to this dream, the Lord said, get away, get back because here I come. I'm going to bring the house down on this thing. And so in the same way that God brought the house down on darkness in the beginning, he's going to bring the house down on darkness in our day as well. Now, I'm not encouraging you to stand back and let him do it. You have to engage and do your part. We all do. But understand this. I just come up with this scripture. The Lord is a man of war. And uh, he, uh, when you stir him up, he's coming. And when he comes, you're not going to stop him. And, uh, and he is coming to bring deliverance and rescue and to split away the darkness from the light. He's going to bring revelation. He's going to open the eyes of many. And it's going to bring great change in the earth. A great new awakening. Praise the Lord. And so in um, matter of fact, when, when we talk about b- making order or bringing order out of chaos, God waits to bring order until chaos is at its max. Then he steps in and brings order. And whatever Team Obama was planning to do under uh, in that cave, and wherever they were planning on dragging the world, that chaos, that was it. That was the tipping point, and that's where the Lord said, we're done here, I'm bringing the house down on this, and I'm sealing them off to their doom. And so um, with that, we understand order does come out of chaos. Remember, I gave those synonyms. Think about your life family, maybe your children, grandchildren, your business, your job, your church, whatever it is that you're a part of. Is there havoc, disarray? Is there disorderliness? Are things in shambles? Is there anarchy, clutter, disorganization? Are you tangled up? Does it seem like you're in the middle of a storm? Is there a free-for-all going on? Is it a snake pit or do you feel like (laughs) that you've entered hell? Then that is the, that is the chaos that God is going to bring order into. And the moment order comes, the moment light comes, ca- the chaos and the darkness is divided and shut down. 1 Corinthians 14.40 says, Let all things be done decently and in order. We find out through the Bible that chaos keeps happening. This is not just a one-time event. This is just our one-time event. But chaos has come. um, I even think about the old movie, The Mask with Jim Carrey. If I remember right, that mask was the god of chaos. And when he put that on his face, the god of chaos brought, brought chaos everywhere. 
and um, and the, the spirit of chaos has been released all over the world, but the revelation of Stand by. Noah was told. Brother Daniel? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. Sorry I, about that. You cut off I, at the point where you said the, you said the revelation. Okay, yes. Uh, so uh, the revelation of God will destroy, disarm, and defeat chaos every time. And we find that chaos has come to the earth, and, and this, this isn't the first time chaos has hit. Chaos is a spirit, and from time to time, men release chaos to do their bidding, um, and, and actually, they're just pawns for the devil. Chaos does his bidding for the dark master, Satan. And, um, uh, but chaos has been around for, from the very beginning, Noah was told by God, I'm going to bring order into the earth and we're going to destroy the chaos, build an ark. He told Abraham, go to the place I will show you. You're in, you're, you're wealthy, but you're living a life of chaos. Let me put revelation in your life and you're going to become great. Your name will become great. You're going to be the father of many nations. Go to the place that I will show you. Joshua, cross over and seize the land of promise. It is a land of chaos, and you are the light that I'm bringing into the land to bring it into order. Moses, David, we can go on and on. Jesus came to bring a new covenant order in an old time of chaos. And here we are today Chaos is everywhere, but you need to understand God has empowered you to, to stop and disarm all chaos in your life. And if you'll receive the call, God may be calling someone here into politics, into business, into some type of leadership, educational leadership, community. you may be being called into something really a lot bigger than you. Why? Because God will be inserting you as a light bearer into chaos to bring order out of chaos. The very fact that we are believers, that we have Jesus in our lives, that we have the word of God, the sharp two-edged sword of God is in our hand, makes us, uh, that makes us the revelation light that brings order out of chaos. When the Lord said in the beginning, let there be light, that is no different than him saying today, Daniel Daves, go to Panama, start a farm, feed the poor, and preach the gospel. It's exactly the same thing, bringing order out of chaos. It's not, nothing different than saying, Rosemary, rise up and become a school board member. Or so-and-so, rise up, become the mayor of your community. With the sharp two-edged sword of God in your hand, you will bring order 
out of chaos. This is the day God is raising up his people to bring order out of national and international chaos. Don't sit back and think God's going to do it. He is a partner, but he will not do it on his own. He's doing it through his body, his church, his people. Amen. Now, as far as bringing order to chaos in your own home, you have the ability, my friend, you have the ability to speak the word and it shall be done. If you are a born again believer, serving Jesus, loving him with all your heart, you want to do what he's doing, you want to say what he's saying, you know, and we don't have to be perfect. We just uh, have to be in love with him. That's it. You're either hot or cold, right? Not lukewarm. If that's you, you have the sharp two-edged sword of the word of God in your hand, and you can declare and you can speak forth order in the midst of chaos, and all of heaven will back you. You have children that are in trouble, lost, speak the light into First of all, you can speak straight to them and into their lives, but even more importantly, you can speak through prayer to God into the heavens. You can command the God of chaos to be dissected and destroyed from your life, situation, family, business, job. Amen. You can speak the word of God, and I encourage you, highly encourage you to, number one, Ask God, Lord, where do you want me next? I know you're placing your chess pieces on the board for checkmate against the God of chaos. Place me at your will where you want me and tell me, tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. He will be faithful and he will speak to you. And also ask him, Lord, give me the dynamics. Give me the details of how to destroy the God of chaos out of my business, out of my home, out of my neighborhood. Wherever you see chaos, ask the Lord for a revelatory word of light that you could step up and say, let there be light. And all of heaven, when you get that revelation from God and you speak it, God's waiting for your words on earth. And then from heaven to earth, the light comes and it will dispel all darkness. I hope that helps today. And I hope that brings a blessing to you because I can't tell you exactly when the house of cards comes down, when we will see it. Um, I'm hearing rumblings that it's already come down and the great awakening is taking place. But there will be a day, according to dream number two that I had, and according to everything I see in the word of God, there will be a day where Satan, who is come with great wrath and fury because he knows his time is short, we're going to see him fall. We're going to see him be disarmed and dismantled and defeated. We'll see it in our lifetimes. And uh, I haven't seen the earthquake hit yet, but I'm looking forward to the day when the whole world sees that earthquake and sees that the deep, deep state is cut off and the people have been liberated 
and freed. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't need to know. But the word of God is clear. He's not a liar. And uh, the dreams that I had really, for me anyway, up everything I've ever learned about the word of God. Um, so with that, sir, I wanted to uh, uh, throw it back at you. If you Great have word, any, my any thoughts or comments. Great word. It's an encouragement. If you're just joining us, we're live with Dr. Daniel Daves. Uh, we have to occupy. I agree with you. And um, there's hope out there in Jesus Christ. Um, and God is a man of war. Absolutely he is. Uh, Brother Daniel, I want you to tell people about global food providers. Okay, certainly. Now, this uh, global food providers is... Our project, when we were living in Dallas, Texas, back in 08, 09, when I had the dreams, um, I've been in ministry for uh, for decades um, and uh, had been doing a lot of missions work, and I had pastored for 20 years and as well. At the same time, I've run businesses, started businesses, sold them, things like that. But um, the Lord gave us a directive to seize control of food at the root level. Those were the exact words he spoke to us when I was in Texas. And it didn't take a rocket scientist to realize I'm probably going to be growing food. Uh, That sounds to me like farming. Though I had never grown a tomato successfully, here I go. I've always been kind of the -the out-of-the-box guy willing to do crazy things. Step out of the boat, we'll figure out how to swim later, right? Uh, Surely we'll be able to. And um, uh, so, so the Lord... Um, has always had me pastoring, building church planters, helping them, helping uh, to disciple people and to uh, to disciple them into the ways of Christ. But but suddenly, as he begins to speak to us to go to Latin America and seize control of food at the root level, he devel- he shows us a plan. He showed us a plan that we were going to go in completely opposite of the normal way that you would go in. So I wouldn't have a problem starting a church, wouldn't have a problem starting a Bible college. I've had one in the church I pastored before and, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have a problem sending church planters and all of that. But the Lord spoke to us. He said, you're going to do it completely opposite. He didn't say why, but now 13 years later, we know why. So we came in and started a farm. We built it. Took us. It's taken us years to build this farm out. We put a dehydration center in there. We grow superfoods: kale, Swiss chard, spinach, okra, uh, moringa, a lot of other foods. We grow those and we dehydrate them into a powder and we give them to widows and orphans and the severely malnutrition. And we show others how to do the same thing in other parts of the world. Well. That uh, That is a 60 to 70 hour a week job just doing that growing natural food. And it can actually, it could be time consuming and it can just flat wear you out. But what it has done, it opened the door into Panama. It gave us legitimacy. We've hired their people. We're caring for their families. We're helping these, many of our employees live on dirt floors. No electricity, no running water. This is National Geographic territory. We're helping them to give them a one, five, and 10-year vision, showing them how to save money, how to 
um, how to build their own home debt free, how to put a concrete floor in the home and get water running water and electricity into their homes. We're showing them how to do all of this. We're feeding Stand by. And we should be back. Is that right? Uh, we're back. You said uh, we're showing them okay. how to do this. Yeah, we're showing them how to do all these things, and we're, we're, we're just being kingdom entrepreneurial people right here in the middle of them and blessing them. Well, after all of these years doing this, we just started uh, our local Bible college, and we had 15 students step up and say, I want to be a church planner. I want to be a part of this. I want to do what you guys are doing. It's a miracle. That, that we uh, just started our first uh, Bible college here uh, just on, on June 3rd. And so now we're doing it backwards. A lot of people would just roll in and say, we're going to start a church. Here comes the church. And now you got to bring in some leaders, but they don't know anything. Now you've got chaos in your church because you don't have any leadership. No one's trained. No, one, no one's been discipled yet. We went the other way. We've fed the community. We've employed them. And now we're bringing them into spiritual food, spiritual understanding, and uh, and it's a real blessing taking place. Globalfoodproviders.com, you'll see how we're doing things out there. And it's amazing. My pastor has always told me and has told everyone, that, and this in, uh, drilled into me, when I was a young rock and roll kid, uh, rocking for Jesus at 25 years old, sitting on the front row of his church, he would say, food is power, and whoever has the food has the power. And you know, that just drilled into me. I could care less back then. I didn't care about food. You know, I had a guitar and, uh, but, but now here I am and I'm telling everyone else food really is power. You roll into town with food. You have the power to change the town, to change the community. And that's exactly what has happened with uh, with our ministry, and we want to invite anyone, if you would ever like to learn the new keys of success, how to bring the gospel and the, uh, the, cha- the kingdom-changing capacity into a community, hook up with us, and we'll show you how food really is power and how you can utilize it to feed the poor and to, uh, and to bring great, great power into the community. So, um, so that they can receive Jesus, become disciples, do the exact same thing. That's who we are. That's what we do. And uh, if you get out there to the website, you'll see opportunities to, you know, you can sponsor a chicken right now. We've got uh, rabbits. Our farm on purpose is off grid from commercial fertilizer. Uh, Fertilizers are under the control of oil, big oil. And when oil goes up, Farmers can't afford to farm. We got off, we were told early on in our learning of all this, get off grid from oil-based fertilizers so that you are not subject to the madness when oil prices go up. So we, years ago, we learned how to create all of our fertilizers out of chicken poop, 
rabbit poop, out of compost. We used to hate weeds. Now we grow weeds on purpose because they bring the energy out of the ground and then we can create compost out of them and that becomes the richest superfood to grow our plants. It's an amazing thing. We've learned so many secrets. Right now we've got about 85 rabbits that run the entire farm. The entire farm, it's all ran through what we call rabbit tea. We take the the poop and we make a tea solution out of it and we inject it into the the irrigation lines. The land lives, the earthworms come, the microbiotics work, and the plant just says, you got to be kidding me. I am in Eden and it grows like crazy. That's some of what you'll see if you ever come out to the Global Food Providers Farm in Cherokee, Panama. Look us up. And even better, come see us sometime. We'll show you our secrets, how we do it, so you can also do it either at a home level, medium size, or a large farm level. Praise the Lord. Powerful teaching today. And uh, my friend, thank you so much for coming on. Encourage people to get involved with global food providers. You can make a difference. Would you like to close us in prayer, my friend? Yes, sir. Father, in Jesus' name, I curse the God of chaos in the lives of my friends and all who are listening here today. I call you disarmed, defeated, destroyed, and cast down. The Lord rebuke you, as Michael the archangel said. Um, And we call for order to come out of chaos kingdom order, whether it's in someone's family or ministry, whether it's in their neighborhood, community, business, or job, or education, wherever they're at, Lord. We thank you that order, kingdom order, is being introduced now out of chaos. Just as God divided light from darkness, we call for chaos to be divided away from the people of God. I thank you, Lord, for blessing them, blessing them with order that all things in their lives will be done decently and in kingdom order, as your word declares. We thank you, Father, for health, for prosperity. Lord, cause the finances to come, cause the the uh, 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 the, the the serpent that has tried to Um, wind up and um, uh, um, constrict like a boa constrictor, try to constrict finances or ability, capacity from God's people. We thank you that that thing is broken in Jesus' name and, uh, and that there is liberty and freedom now for a free flow of your supply and provision so that we can do what you've called us to do all over the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my friend, for coming on. God bless you. We'll see you next time. God bless you, too. Amen. Friends, that was Dr. Daniel Daves. Okay, we're going to save that. And coming up next, Tom Mack. Here we go.